That's, that's Jesus' gold standard. People getting saved and people getting healed. You know, all, you know, that's really what we want to see more of. And I tell you that the salvation thing, we was starting to, this is what I'm thinking. We've been seeing salvations weekly. But what we want to see is daily salvations. God has a, God's going to bring this harvest, man. And I tell you, He really is interested in saving people. He really is. And, and it's just exciting to me. It's like, man, people are getting saved now. God's really doing something. So that's what happens when the Holy Spirit moves. You wonder, well, how does this stuff work? You know, I mean, you know, you know, you have a party and the Holy Spirit saves people. You think you have to do all this other stuff to get Him to save people. Really, it's just the Father's heart getting released. And uh, so we really expect to see more people saved, more people healed, more people delivered, and more people discipled and brought into really following Christ the way He wants us to follow Him, not the way we always think He wants us to, but He really wants us to enjoy our Christian life. So I'm going to let Becky go ahead and finish introducing Kathy. Well, Kathy, why don't you come on up here and we'll help her get up. You can get, are you, uh, we, can you get up? Okay. I, I honestly, when I met, I didn't, um, I really listened to one tape of Kathy's before we asked her back in the beginning of the year to come speak at our women's retreat. But the thing on her CD that I, that really caught me was her grace message because the Lord has done so much in this body in the realm of grace. And, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she has really worked on us over the weekend about how it's really by grace that we access the supernatural realm also. And it's, she, um, she's a grace woman through and through. She does not like religion one little bit. So she is getting a hold of that in us, and we are thankful thankful the water the water water we need our water so just like to thank her for coming oh no <laughs> okay i'm gonna hand her the microphone now you guys welcome her just give her a hand <laughs> thank you good morning where's is Is there anyone here this morning that wasn't here last night or at the women's retreat? Okay, a few people, okay. How many were not at the women's retreat? (laughs) Okay, right. Well, it's been pretty wild, but I like wild. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like I don't like those churches where they have everything in order you know as I said last night you can, if you want order you can go to a graveyard <laughs> sit there take one of those little fold up stools you know take your bible and sit in the graveyard and no one gets out of order <laughs> but if you're going to have life you're going to have a few messes aren't you? So, I want to share this vision that I had several years ago because it came back to me this morning when I saw something on the screen 
And um, I, I believe it's... Uh, there's been several words out there on the internet the last few weeks about the heavy rain. Did you read those? Yeah, there's been more and more of them. And um, one time I was at a friend of mine's house in Florida. It was uh, Joy Strang, actually. You know, they own Charisma and all that. Um, but anyway, I was at this house, at Joy's house, and I was fixing to speak at this meeting. It was like their staff and everything. And during the worship, I... I was just sitting there with my Bible on my lap and I actually was reading Romans 6. Remember I said that last night that, you know, we think Jesus died for our sins. Well, he did, but he didn't. He, what he did was he crucified the old man. See, there's a big difference. He crucified the old man. Go, when you go home, read Romans 6. So that by faith you can walk in the new man who's already created in righteousness and holiness, right? And um, one thing... <clears throat> one little religious thing that creeps in uh, that people need to be set free from is that because we walk in the new man if you walk in the new man by faith guess what you are delivered from the power of sin because it says sin shall not have dominion over you but it also says if you walk in the spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh now I spent 10 years of my life when I was saved trying not to walk in the flesh in order to qualify to walk in the spirit. Anybody ever done that? Doesn't work, does it? It's like doing four steps forward and six steps back. So the greater includes the lesser. When you walk in the spirit by faith, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. One thing is the anointing always makes you God conscious. The anointing makes you God conscious. So guess what? That sets you free from sin consciousness. Right. Oh, I got the look then. I got the North Carolina look. If you live in a sin conscious realm, which is a religious realm, by the way, you will always feel condemnation. You see, always because... But the Bible says there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the... Understand? I just want to explain that to you because, um, you know, you, you go into these meetings, you have to be really careful that you don't identify with everything that's said. You know, some people, they have such a sin consciousness that whatever you say, they identify with it and start repenting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of really listening to the Holy Spirit... Um, like I said, the anointing makes you God-conscious, not sin-conscious. And if you've ever noticed this, I mean, sometimes you're just enjoying the Lord, you know, having a good time, and suddenly, you know, the Holy Spirit says, hey, quit that. And you go, okay. You don't have that big old battle because you're not, you're in the spirit realm. Understand? It, when God deals with things, there's an anointing there to set you free. But religious people, you see, try and, get other people to straighten up and straighten around and there's no anointing that often isn't the problem anyway you know people come in the church and uh, we go out in the street and we find them and we say just as I am without one plea just as you are brother Jesus loves you but you get them in the church door you know and you try and change them <laughs> But the inside takes care of the outside. Right. right. God's interested in the inside. 
And when the inside, when he does stuff on the inside, the outside gets taken care of. I mean, I told people that, you know, when we first were coming into the things of the Spirit, I was in a group of very worldly people. We were very worldly Christians. It was a group of uh, movie directors, chorus girls, actors. I mean, just really worldly. And And we were hungry for God, you know, really hungry. So we started to have this prayer meeting because um, I'd bachelored and I was in Australia engaged to someone in the mafia God delivered me, came back to England we were hungry for something so we started to have this prayer meeting to pray for something I'm sure you've been there you don't know what it, you're praying for but something, there's something so we would arrange to start this prayer meeting twice a week in time to stop the prayer meeting in time to have a glass of whiskey and a cigarette and watch the horror movie that's where we were at that's what we did well guess what God showed up big time and we came into the most incredible revival in the south of London it was awesome the glory of God was on everybody no one told us not to drink whiskey and watch horror movies or anything we just were not in the least bit interested because God showed up but you know what, the church we were at, which was very Puritan, ultra-Calvinism, theology, everything, you know, people there were very offended with God. Seriously. They were so offended because we got filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were so much more spiritual than us. They were actually more religious, but you know what I mean. Because in their mindsets, you see, how could God visit us when we drank whiskey and smoked cigarettes and watched horror movies. But he did, so what can you say? You want to go and tell God he shouldn't have done that? (laughs) See, because God responds to the heart. And you have to remember that all the time. I have a good book out there. It's part of a set of three and it's called The Spirit of False Judgment. And if you want to learn how to stay in the spirit realm, you better learn about that. Because see, Christians still judge by the seeing of the eye and the hearing of the ear. But we're not supposed to do that. Jesus didn't. He said he will not judge by the seeing of the eye and the hearing of the ear and you're not supposed to either. You're supposed to discern the heart of the Father. So I want to tell you something. I know a lot of big people in ministry. I don't know anyone that hasn't said something dumb, done something stupid from time to time. And if you judge them and wrote them off by that, guess what? You'd be the only one in church. You're in the cat. And you'd spoil it. See, God's putting us in another level. Because there's heavy rain coming. And let me tell you something today. You better choose now where you're going to be. Because when it hits you, when it hits, you will not want to be undecided. It's a shame, I think, you know, when like a move of the Spirit or revival comes and people have to spend the first three months trying to get straightened around so they can actually enjoy it. You know what I mean? So why don't you do that now? Get all your thinking straightened around. 
Decide where you're going to live. You're going to live in the Holy Ghost. You're going to live in the Spirit. You, you can have God consciousness instead of sin consciousness. Guess what else the anointing does? Sets you free from self-consciousness. <laughs> How many of you have been out there and you got a word for the waitress or the lady in the store or whatever and you didn't do anything, you didn't pray for them, you didn't s- say something because they were self-conscious. Well, supposing I'm wrong. What would they think? Supposing, you know, supposing they don't want me to pray. Ooh, there's perfume up here. But you see, the anointing makes you God conscious. And the anointing doesn't, you know, it's not supposed to come just when you come in church and the worship's good. Or someone pays you, we're supposed to live in it. We're supposed to live in the anointing all the time. We're supposed to live in the glory of God all the time. That's our inheritance. The hard part is, you see, is that it's easy. (laughs) And everybody wants to do something. Everybody wants to qualify in some way. I don't know if it makes people feel better or what. But let me tell you what humility is. Humility, oh listen, before I was filled with the Spirit in my heavy jelly church, in England they call you a heavy jelly, that's a fundamentalist, you know. In my heavy jelly church, you know what we thought was humility? Well, for example, we used to sing this hymn. <laughs> it went... There's such a strong perfume up there. Up here is making me drunk. Do you smell it? Huh? It went, oh! It went, no, it didn't go like that. It said, I tried to sing it, okay, because we thought this was being humble. Let me sing this song. <laughs> okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Worms, worms, worms approaching the throne of grace. Thank God I can't remember the rest of it. But you see, we thought that was humility, being humble, you know. (laughs) I'm sure God, you know, looked down and went... So let me tell you what humility really is, shall I? Humility is knowing that it's all God. That's what humility is. It's knowing that everything that you have and your salvation from beginning to end is totally (laughs) the grace of God. It's all God. You don't have anything apart from the grace of God. The grace of God saved you. The grace of God reached out to you and grabbed hold of you. You didn't seek God, he sought you. He keeps you. He that begun a good work in you, he's going to perform it. Not you. It's all him. He's going to present you faultless. 
He is. Not you is. You're his trophy. Look, Dad, what I got. Yeah. <laughs> it's all him. That's what humility is, is knowing that. But because of that, you can know who you are too. See, you're, listen, you're not a sinner saved by grace this morning. You were a sinner saved by grace, but now you're a son. Now you're a daughter. Now you're royalty. Now you're a royal princess. You're a beautiful princess. You're awesome. Because why? Because you did something great? No, because he put his righteousness on you. We're covered with his robe of righteousness. His beauty is my glorious dress. If you know that, you know what, you can know who you are, you can have authority in the spirit. But at the same time, you know, it's all because of him. Abba, Daddy. Say this after me, snuggle, don't struggle. struggle. Nestle, don't wrestle. Because God's not looking for workers this morning. He's not trying to recruit workers for the kingdom. I keep saying that. He is looking for his sons and daughters to rise up, be who he called them to be. There's such an awesome calling in your life. The devil will do anything to keep you out of the anointing. Because apart from the anointing, you're no threat to the devil's kingdom. He doesn't care what you do. You know, you can learn... 350 verses and go to 25 Bible studies every week. He don't care. As long as he can keep you out of the anointing. But if everyone in here this morning realised and could see what God sees for them, man, you'd have to go and hire the, I don't know, 500 tents tomorrow. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to ask God, what do you see for me? That's what God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? I see the rod of an almond tree. And God did what Jeremiah saw. You have to ask Holy Spirit, what do you see for me? And by faith, you have to see what he sees for you. It's so big. It is so big. It's Father, Son and Holy Ghost unlimited. We have a limited vision. Understand? Anyway, I want to tell you about this vision I had because I believe it's getting close. While I'm going back to Joyce Strang's house, I was in her house. This anointing came on me during the worship. Couldn't move. You know, couldn't speak, couldn't bat my eyelids. And the next minute I felt this like water all around my legs and I was standing, felt like I was standing in this water and it was rushing, like rushing all around me. And I could hear this noise like a roar. And it just, um, I maybe a quarter of a mile, I don't know, I'm not very good at you know, distances. I saw Niagara Falls. And if you've been there, I'm sure some of you have been there and you watch that water. I mean, it's scary. Isn't it? How many tons a minute? Something? Uh, yeah. I mean, tons and tons of water a second, actually, flow down there. It's, it is scary to be near it if you haven't been there I'd advise you to go and just have a look 
And so I could see this Niagara Falls, you see, and I'm like, whoa. But, and I'm being drawn towards it. And like in me, I'm going, ah! But it's like I'm still being drawn towards it. And the Lord said to me, how would you like to get under this? I said, well, I'll die for sure. And the Lord said to me, not if you're dead already. So I want to tell you that's what's coming. Because I heard it and I saw it and I was pulled towards it almost like, a, not against my will, but I mean like my flesh was going, whoa, you know. And so that is coming, folks. Don't wait till it gets here before you decide what you're going to do, you know. Because if you don't want to be in that, I would get out the way. You know, God doesn't force things on you. He gives us a choice. He gives us invitations, right? He gives us invitations and so it's your choice. But don't hang around the edges. Don't hang around the edges. It's a very dangerous place. Get right in the middle. Because it's awesome. The power of God is awesome. It's a little scary sometimes. But either let God be God or just go and play religious games. You know, go out somewhere where they want to play religious games. But I wouldn't advise you to stay in a place like this. Because these people, they're going to go for it. I mean, that's obvious to me. That's obvious to me. I just... You know, I just get a bit concerned for people that I see like hesitating. Don't hesitate. I mean, jump in or jump out, honestly. I'm serious. Because if you think this is a bit much, you wait for another few months. This should be nothing. See, because you can't shut people down like this. Because if you try and shut them down, they'll get worse. They'll react. They'll react, see. That's what that kind of anointing does. It makes radical people more radical. And religious people more religious. That's why there's such a divide coming right now. You know, between the spirit-led and the seeker-friendly churches. It's going to get work, going to get wider because the, the people that are hungry to let God have his way are going to go way out there with God. You've all been out on a limb before, I'm sure. How many of you have been out on a limb? It's actually not hard to go out on a limb because you can crawl back again. It's when you hear the sound of the saw behind you. You better know that underneath are the everlasting arms. So he's up for that. Yeah. Anyway, there's a vision I had about Niagara Falls and I remembered it this morning. He's got the water. Don't pray over it, okay? It changed to strawberries last night. 
Um, I want to just share something. I'll try and be quick. But I'm not going to lie to you, okay? Um, This is what the Lord gave me this morning. You know, in um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, in the first chapter, God is talking about, Paul is talking about, this is what he said. Let me read it so you know I'm not making it up. He said, our our word towards you was not yes and no. But as God is true, yeah, our word was not yes and no. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, was preached among you by Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yes and no, but but was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God. Now listen, first ten years of my life before I was filled with the Spirit, I was brought up under a yes and no gospel. God wants to fill you with the Spirit, but he might not because he's sovereign. That's that ultra-Calvinism, you see. Killer, I kill you. God wants to heal you, but he might not because he's sovereign. God wants you to be, to be blessed, but... He might want to teach you something and, you know, give you some torture or something. <laughs> and so, be- because of that, you, you could never receive anything. You could never receive anything by faith because, you know, God might and he might not. And how do you know? So, actually, and then my pastor, he was, he was a wonderful godly man, you know, in many ways. But he ended up, he preached on the baptism of the Spirit for six months. Awesome, incredible teaching because he was probably the greatest expository preacher in the world. It's just that ultra-Calvinism killed everything for you. You see, he cited all the great men of God, the Wesley and Whitfield and, you know, all these people and you tend to think, well, who am I? Why would God fill me with the Spirit? I'm not any great anybody. So actually a lot of people had nervous breakdowns because they were so hungry but they had no assurance, understand? And if you don't think that's out there right now, let me tell you something, it really is. There's still that's very subtle in a lot of churches. You know, I'm telling you some things so you can, you can fry some religious cows because they're a weight and a hindrance, but you see, you still people hear people say things like, like this lady said to me a few weeks ago, she came to me after a meeting and said, can you, will you pray for me, I have cancer. I said, well, I can, but it's really better that your pastor and leadership pray for you because they're there with you. So she said, well, I did go to the pastor, but he told me, well, God's trying to teach me something. So, okay, that was a bit drastic, but listen. But it comes in other ways. You see, little ways. Well, the car broke down, well... God, God's trying to teach me something. See what I mean? It's negative. It's a negative religious spirit, but it infiltrates into your thinking if you're not careful. God teaches you by his spirit. He is daddy. He's Abba. Daddy. He doesn't break your leg to teach you not to play in the road. Would you do that to your kid? God's not a masochist. I hate that teaching, but you know what? It hangs around over people like a little cloud. I hate it. 
because it comes against the very nature of God. Think about it for a second. It's in this room. You will never be able to receive everything that God has for you if that's in your thinking in any way. The spirit of good news is your inheritance. God does not teach you by giving you a car wreck, okay? You're supposed to be listening. You can avoid some things. Uh oh. When I got a revelation on that, my life changed because I was able to fully believe some stuff without that little niggly thing. It's like a little niggling thing at the back of your mind. But you see, you have to receive all of your inheritance. Now, I'm not saying if you get out there, you know, I know people that backslid, just went miles away from God, they got out from under the anointing and God just let them go for a little while. You know what I mean? You get into pride, God will lift his grace and you'll fall into some holes. But if you stay under the anointing, his daddy. I mean, I've known people go out there, you know, hit a wall and come back and say, Dad. When I was in Australia and I was engaged to someone in the mafia and I was totally backslidden, okay? I wasn't looking for God. I wouldn't want to find God. I was doing okay. But when that, you know, the anointing fell on me and the love of God for, went through me that day, guess how long it took, took, took me to come back to God? Oh, probably about three minutes. Because he never went anywhere. I did. He never went anywhere. So how about get rid of some of this stuff? I mean, it stinks, quite honestly. It's like... I saw that spirit one day, that negative religious spirit. It's filthy. It's horrible. You don't want any of that hanging around you, do you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to get heavy on you, but... I just see people being ripped off, and I can't stand it. I hate people being ripped off. I hate Christians being ripped off from their inheritance because it's so awesome. You know, God does the most... I've seen the most powerful miracles happening when people are laughing. Okay? (laughs) How many of you have been healed when you've been laughing? Because it takes you out of that self-conscious thing, doesn't it? And you get in the spirit really quick. And God looks on his enemies and laughs and has them in derision. Okay, let's do my little exercise. Because the realm of the spirit, the supernatural realm, the angels, heavenly visitations, the chariots of God is my inheritance. Lift up your Bible. Put your hand on someone else's if you don't have yours. Say, devil. Devil. See this? Mine! Mine, mine, mine! Turn to your neighbour and say, honey. honey. See this? See this. Mine! Mine, mine, mine! 
say this after me too. There's nothing in here that I can't have. Keep telling that to the devil. You know, when he comes with that heavy stuff, say, oh, I love your ministry, devil. Thank you for reminding me who I am. Thank you for reminding me you're under my feet. Great ministry. So I'm going to try and tell you a story real quick this morning. Because I want to show you, you know, the angels. Um, if you weren't here last night, God's, there's a whole bunch of angels that are going to get to go home with you. If you have a ministry in another area. Because they come and they just leave with people when I say it, when I talk about it. And um, so they're going to go home with you. You can have some more angels in your ministry working with you. The angels minister to you. They minister the word to you. They take care of you. They tell you stuff. They sing to you. The angels sing to you. I mean, you've all woken up one morning. You've got this song. Where did that come from? I haven't sung that for 10 years. Both the angels. So when that happens, you need to listen to the words because they're ministering the words to you. I had an angel a while ago sing me like five verses of an old English hymn. I actually only knew the first verse, but when I got home and checked it out, my old English hymn book. So they minister to you. They play with you. You know, sometimes when you get that giggly thing, that's the angels tickling you. Angels hate religious spirits, by the way because they distort the nature of God. Religious spirits distort. And angels hate religious spirits. They'll do anything to interrupt them. They do. They minister with you if you have some kind of ministry, which we all have some kind of ministry. I mean, we're all able ministers of the new covenant. They're angels that minister with you in your ministry and you should really know who they are and what they do because they're assigned to you they won't leave you and go off and help someone else's ministry they're assigned to your ministry and they stay with you now there are other angels that come in and out you know sometimes Um, the angels in my ministry there's one that has a glass of wine that walks around and gives people there's one that has Uh, honey you can usually smell the honey I always wait to make sure I can smell the honey before I speak because there's no point otherwise I just give you some information which you don't need I have another angel who has gold coins he does give them to people he does financial miracles for people I've seen people you know just standing and I've seen him put coins in their hand and the next minute because God, you know what God cares about your finances because like I said last night I'm really sorry but you have to prosper and I hope you took Rover to the pound hope Rover's in the pound today if you, if you weren't here last night Rover's a little poverty spirit that people bring to church on a leash, you know. <laughs> well, I hope that means it's going. Yeah. 
And uh, see, there's things to do, places to go. And the angels do care about you receiving all of your inheritance, by the way, including finances, because you have to go. It's time. There's, you know, there's a, such a call on North Carolina to go. I mean, when we had that up at the conference, I mean, electric hit the, pla- hit the place where I was speaking when I said that. The Carolina's called to, North Carolina's called to go. So you better get a passport really quick because there's going to be a lot of suddenlies. I'm serious. I'm really serious. Anyway, this, this electric just went up and down when I said that. So guess what you're going to have to, you have to prosper because, like I said, there's things to do, places to go. And too many people are hindered from doing things that are in their heart because they don't have the money. Oh, I said that word again. Oh. That word the religious spirits hate. Money. I can say apple pie, cheesecake, table, chair. But if you say money... Money's just a commodity. So if something happens in your mind when I do that, you know you've still got to get so pretty. I'm serious. God's serious about it. Anything that hinders you... See, anything that hinders you and holds you back from accomplishing the purposes of God in your life is guess where it's from? It's from the enemy. Okay. I won't mention money anymore. But that's not true because I will probably say. So the angels care about you receiving because God gets glory when you receive what he promised. All the promises, see, God, Paul didn't, Paul said, I didn't come to you with a yes and no gospel, like I sat under. Maybe some of you sat under that too. Very subtle sometimes. But see, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen to the glory of God. It's in God's interest that you receive what he promised. See, He's bringing people out of this place where there's been hope. Hope is not faith. Hope can bring you to faith, but you have to get into faith to receive. Now, I know there's people here praying for revival. Is there a CD of um, when I talked about that? Did you do a CD up at the, um, that place? <laughs> that place? <laughs> Camp. I have a few. I know you guys love camps, but you know. It was, it was fine. I was fine. I was fine. I, I was. I had an angel in my little motel room, so that was good. But I, I have a um, book on the Hebrides Revival. I just want to mention it really quickly because I talked about it to the women. But the Hebrides Revival, 1948, in the Hebrides Islands, the Spirit of God chased people. Whole towns were saved. I talked to people myself who told me they packed up and left the islands because they said if we stayed, God would get us. It was that real. The Prince of God came into the dance halls. People would run to the police station or the church. In the pubs, this presence would come in and people would be trying to put down their glasses before it got to them. I've seen that happen myself. 
and run out, whole towns were saved. But I want to tell you a secret about that revival. See, when I was a good old heavy jelly, I used to read about revivals and I'd I'd read where they prayed for 25 years and I'd say, forget that because I don't have that kind of patience. And the revivals I read about, I didn't want to be in anyway because they sounded painful to me. I just read about where people, you know, wailed and wept and tried to find God for like weeks on end because they had no revelation of faith. But when I read about the Hebrides, those pastors got into faith. And then when God gave them a scripture, if my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I forgive their sin and heal their land, they said, got it. And they stopped praying and started declaring, telling people, God's coming, God's coming. Because he said, if we do this, if we pray and seek his face, he'll heal the land and we did that, now he has to do that. Because the Scottish people always had a revelation that God's a covenant keeper. He's a covenant keeper. He's not a liar. So he said that to them. And they said, right, got it. They got it. And they moved from praying to receiving to declaring in five months. And in five months, the revival, the presence of God came down on the Hebrides Islands. Do you think God's different in Scotland? But you see, the Lord told me one time, you people pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, but you don't receive. So pray for a move of God. Pray for an outpouring. Pray for a revival, your area or whatever it is. But you know what? When God answers, receive it. Don't write it in your Bible. That's an interesting scripture. Say, got it. And don't keep praying for the thing you just received. Understand? Don't keep asking for the thing you just received. If you got it, you got it. Your family, we did this at the, up at the camp. Your family, who's got unsaved family? Well, the Bible says salvation is for you and your house. How about that? When are you going to believe it? When you pray or when you see? When are you going to believe it? When you pray or when you see? Because my Bible says when you pray, believe. Oh. It doesn't say when you pray, wait and see, and then if it happens, believe it. <laughs> when we received our family's salvation, we, you know, we prayed for their salvation. I said I released the spirit of adoption and by faith I see their names in your book. That's it. I'm not praying anymore. And I never did. And they all got saved in six weeks. But they were saved when we prayed. Understand? You have to do that too. Salvation is for you and your house. You think Aunt Mary goes to a spiritist meeting and that affects your whole family. How much more can the anointing in you affect your whole family? Speaking of any spiritist devil, there actually is no devil, no stronghold, no nothing that can stand against your faith. No such thing. There is no such thing. Because the faith in you is God's faith. It's supernatural faith. To every man is given the measure of faith. You have God's faith in you. It doesn't jump in and out of you. You know, it's not in you because you feel good and out of you because you don't feel good. 
That's one of the biggest challenges to American Christians, how they feel. Because you wake up one day, feel great. Someone gave you some money, good word or something. You get up, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Devil's under my feet. You get on the phone and you pray for a few people. Prophesy. But the next day, maybe you didn't have a good night's sleep. Maybe you don't feel so good. So you get up like this. And you look in the mirror where you've got that scripture. I can do all things through Christ. And his face looks back at you and says, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> and God says to you, I want you to call Sister Susie and pray for her. And you say, oh, I need prayer myself. And you don't do anything. Because you don't feel like it. But what changed? Nothing changed. Jesus is still King of Kings. The devil's still under your feet. You still have power over the power of the enemy. Nothing changed. Except how you feel. So where do you want to live? Where are you going to live? You're going to live in how you feel? Because the devil have a real go at that one. He knows how to make sure you don't feel so hot. But your feelings don't have anything to do with the truth. Do you think Jesus is more Lord because you feel good? Do you think Jesus is more Lord because you feel good? Do you think he's less Lord because you don't feel good? See, nothing changed. Nothing changed. So you can still move out in your faith. You can still move out in the spirit. You can still talk to the angels. You can still have visions. You can still have words of knowledge. You can still pray for the sick. But we qualify ourselves, you see, don't we? How many of you, like, you got up Sunday morning or Wednesday or wherever you, whenever you have church and you're in a bad mood and you yelled at your wife, kicked the cat, knocked over the mailbox, well, like an old sore head, like they say in Georgia. And you got to church and God used you. Oh, my gosh. How many of you that's happened to? And you're shocked. See, we disqualify ourselves. But by faith you get back in the spirit realm. You walk by faith. Oh, there's oil up here. Okay. So the angels and the promises of God, I want to link this together. I'll try and tell you a story really quick. The angels, like I said, the angels care that you receive what he promised. They really do, because God gets glory when you receive what he promised. You're his advertisement, whether you like it or not. You're his advertisement out there. So you better get something good. If you get something good, tell your face about it. I'm a Christian. I serve the Lord. Wounded life. Wounded life. 
why don't you come to my church? You can be just like me. <laughs> when I first got filled with the Spirit, I found out about some stuff that I didn't know before. I found out you could prophesy. I found out you could cast out devils. We cast out so many devils, I think they didn't have anywhere to go. Everywhere was crowded with devils because we cast them out. (laughs) We discovered, oh, God healed people. Wow. That was exciting because I was deaf in one ear. So I thought, now I can get healed. So I thought, well, how do I do this? I've never done this before. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know how to really receive anything, you know, because my ultra-Calvinism was really deep-rooted in me. So I had a struggle there. But I could see in the Word, it says, by his stripes you were healed. He was wounded for our transgressions in Isaiah. Matthew 8, he healed all. So I could see that, but I didn't know how to receive it. I had no clue how to actually receive anything. I did everything that everybody told me. I declared it. I prayed it. I whined, griped, begged, pleaded, spoke scriptures, and nothing happened. So in the end, see, let me ask you, how many of you have a word or a healing or something you haven't received yet? Do you know God releases angels to help you receive so I didn't know how to receive. I didn't know how to do this. So in the end I said, look God, this healing thing is your idea, not mine. I never thought of it. It's your suggestion, not mine. So now you need to get me healed because I don't know how to do this stuff. And the next thing that happened was, see David was coming to America. But he had an invitation to go to Kenya. And our church decided that, you know, I mean, they wanted to send someone from the church to Kenya. They decided we were the ones to go. But I didn't want to go to Kenya. I wanted to go to America. The Lord said to me, I want you to go to Kenya. I said, I'll go to America. He said, Kenya. I said, America. I didn't know what I was going to have in Kenya. I have trouble camping. (laughs) Well, I did this little thing in my mind, you know, I said, now look, God, we have enough money for David to go to Kenya, but there's not enough for me. So I'll stay home and I'll pray. And the next day this lady came to my house to fellowship, we had a little cup of tea. When she left, she gave me this envelope. I said, what's that doing? She said, that's your fare to Kenya. I said, oh, I couldn't. I said, oh, no, it's too much, you know. She said, oh, I insist, God told me. So when she left, I thought, you know, I just, I just don't feel happy about them taking this because we have bills to pay. So I called her and I said, Doreen, I just can't take this money because we have some bills to pay. She said, 
I don't really care what you do with the money because I gave it to God. So it's up to you. So we paid these bills. I paid these bills with the money. Then I didn't have any money to go to Kenya. And I said, what a shame that I can't go to Kenya now. Then the next day, another lady came to my house. And we had a little cup of tea. When she left, she gave me an envelope. I said, what's that? She said, that's your fare to Kenya. So I stuck, you see. And we finally got to Kenya. And now, about this time, I learned that you should praise the Lord all the time. See, do you remember those Merlin Carruthers books? Mervyn Carruthers, whatever. Praise the Lord all the time. Well, I had one of these books. But it was a bit hard for me because, you see, I was a spoiled brat. My whole life I had everything that I wanted. So if if it wasn't going my way, everybody knew it. Because I really thought when I was a kid, people were around for my benefit. (laughs) You know, when I got older, I I didn't understand why my friends didn't feel that way. (laughs) So I was struggling, but trying to do this. So we got to Kenya. We drove out into the bush. Out and out and out. And I'm desperate looking out of the car, you see, to see if I could see maybe a Motel 6. But I didn't, and we ended up in a mud hut. And I freaked out totally. You have to try and understand where I'm coming from, okay? Because I'd never been in any situation like that in my life. And there I am in a mud hut. No water. No proper bed. I had one dress. Because the missionary lady, because I bought lots of pants, you know. The missionary lady said, you can't wear those pants, honey you have to wear a dress because only the street girls wear pants I said I've only got one dress for six weeks she said well you'll have to wear it I hated this dress when I left (laughs) I didn't even give it away I like tore it up but we went to this place you see it was it was so hard for me because there are little rats running you know in mud walls and 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 we have had one little bed thing and a little cot and we took it and I slept on it most of the time but it was like I was freaking out really but I was walking up out, uh, outside see saying praise God hallelujah thank you Jesus <laughs> because I've got to praise the Lord all the time but inside I'm like screaming have you ever done that I'm saying praise God hallelujah thank you Jesus praise God hallelujah thank you Jesus and they moved us to another place and it was worse than that place I said, praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I'm reading all these books, all Roberts, Harry Greenwood, Catherine Coleman, still trying to figure out how to get healed. And I kept telling God, you know, you thought of this, you need to get me healed. And when they moved us again, and it was even worse. And we were in this long place with loads of people. They put us in this little room at the, the back, like a little cupboard. They were so sweet to us. You know, and I was... A, pain in the butt to everybody I'm sure they wished I hadn't come but I was still praising the Lord praise God, hallelujah thank you Jesus (laughs) I'm trying to make this quick 
And we were in this last place, in this little room, you see, and I was laying in like a hammock thing, and the hammock broke. <laughs> and we tried to fix it. And I said, now, ladies, you can, you can understand me here, but all, every, all the time we were in Africa, in the middle of the night, I had to go to the potty. Do you know why? Because there wasn't one. <laughs> it's totally psychological. It was, because when we got to the Holiday Inn in Nairobi, I didn't need to go anymore. <laughs> it's just that you know there's not one, so your mind, like, you know what I mean? So in the middle of this night, I said to David, because my husband's so patient, I would have divorced myself a long time ago. <laughs> I said, I have to go to the party. He said, honey, if we go out, we're going to have to step over everybody. And we're going to wake up all the dogs all the babies, all the chickens, everything. I said, I have to go. So we went out to the potty with the flashlight, woke up all the dogs, all the babies, everybody in the whole place. So then nobody could go back to sleep. And it was like the last straw when the thing broke. I said, that's it. Tomorrow I'm leaving. I told David, you can stay here as long as you like. I'll meet you at that hotel in Nairobi where the jockeys go. It was a nice holiday in with, with American food, kind of. <laughs> and I forgot everything about praising the Lord. So that's it. Let me out of here. I can't do this. I wasn't meant to do this. I can't do this. And I felt this like, hand on my leg, squeezing all my thigh together. And in the morning, I couldn't walk. I'm like this. David said, what's wrong with you? I said, nothing. Fine. <laughs> we had this meeting. It was a beautiful meeting. David preached. And I'm in, you know, sitting there like this. Everybody's looking at me sideways. So after the meeting, I went into this field. And I said, okay, God, now listen. I'm leaving. I said, and what's this on my leg now? Is this some kind of African demon or what is it? <laughs> he said, no, it's an angel. And he is going to stay there and you are going to praise me. Because that's what you said. <laughs> I said, you said you're going to get me healed. So we did this deal. But I started to praise the Lord. And I felt myself lifted off the ground. I mean... I got caught up in the spirit and I started to worship the Lord and this hand went away and it, then it put me down again and I could feel this presence next to me so I walked back to the little camp place you know like this I sat down they said would you like some bald green bananas so I said no yes Love them. My favourite. He stayed there and never left. And he just had to go like that. And they'd say, are you too hot? And I'd say, yes. Oh, but, but the sun's wonderful. Very good for your hair. Lovely. They'd say, would you like to get out of the rain? And I'd say, oh, no, rain's really good for you too. Need rain? Rain's wonderful. Love the rain. And this went on and on. People were like looking at me like I was a nutcase. 
And we got back to the first place. And I was outside. And I began to get all these cramps in my stomach. And so I went and laid down on this little bed. And I said, no, look, God, I... But, that's fine. I'll just lay here and praise you. That's fine. And I laid there a little bit. And I said, now, look, God. He said, what? So I said, nothing. Nothing at all. It's fine. I'm just going to lay here and praise you. Because really, I wrestled with this angel and I lost. Because he kept grabbing hold of me. Well, when I said that the last time, the anointing fell on me. Went like electric through my head, through my whole body, lifted me up in the air, and I landed on my feet. Totally healed. Everything the slightest bit wrong with me was healed. I had a little corn on my toe that was healed. I had a little spot thing here. Everything was healed. And I couldn't get sick for years and years. I tried one time. So I wanted to, so I wanted to stay home. When I got in the bed, you know, I said, oh, I don't feel well. God said, if you get up, I'll heal you. What do you say? So this angel stayed around for a long time. Even when I went back to England, he'd stay right there. I couldn't get sick. Couldn't get sick. He'd stay there. But you see, it was so ingrained in me, this thing. People would still say, would you like this? And I'd say, no. Yes! Fine. Great. Wonderful. And that angel still hangs around. He doesn't do quite the same thing. But anyway, I told you that story to tell you this, that the angels are very interested in you receiving. See, God knows you. That's why there isn't a formula. There isn't a formula for you. Whatever he says to you, do it. Understand? But the responsibility is his. If there's something you haven't received, guess what? He knows you. He knows if there's something in the way. His interest is in that you receive everything you promised today. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what makes you untick. And if you put your faith in him, you know, he said it. He suggested it. It's his idea. Right? It's his idea. So you put your faith in him. He knows how to bring you to a place where you can receive. See, nothing's automatic. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Don't give up because you haven't received something yet. But get your eye off the book or the CD or whatever it is, unless he tells you. And put your faith back in him. Him. He's the one, his idea it was in the beginning. And he'll he'll send those angels and they'll minister to you and they'll work with you and they'll get you to a place where you receive. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, what, it's what he says to you, you have to do it. B.D. Hammond, she's a good friend of mine, Betty Davis' daughter. She needed to receive a healing. She had cancer in her stomach. But she was with a lot of people that were kind of negative. Well, maybe God's trying to teach you something, B.D. She said, I don't believe it because... I got saved when I got, because I got healed. Now God's got to heal me. But they waited on the Lord. They lived in Charlottesville, Virginia. God told, him, God told her husband, put Beady in the car. 
back of the car, make her a little bed because this thing was far advanced, and drive her from Charlottesville to Ohio to Ernest Ainsley. Well, why didn't he say that? Why didn't he say go down the road to the healing meeting? Why didn't he say go to Benny Hinn? Why did he say go to Ernest Ainsley? Well, I don't know. Ernest Ainsley's strange to me. But he has a wonderful ministry, healing ministry. Right? So they took her over to Ernest Ainsley. That's a long drive, folks, for someone that's really sick. And as soon as they came into the meeting, she was immediately healed. Well, why did he do that? I don't know. Whatever he says to you, do it. But his interest is that you receive what he promised because all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. It's not yes and no. If you sit under yes and no kind of stuff, you need to get it out of your head. We'll ask the Holy Spirit to sweep it away in a minute. Right? You've got to get everything. Now, one more thing before I close. Because we did this up at the camp. But you see, I could, I could see cow legs last night hanging. So I think you guys there, there's some cows for you. You don't know what I'm talking about. But cows represent businesses. A cow represents a continual means of provision. Understand? When we were doing a lot of mission trips, I said to the Lord, you know, we can't keep doing this. It costs a lot of money. So he said, I'll give you a cow. And I said, thanks all the same, but the neighbours don't even like our dog. (laughs) They're not going to be very happy with some cow. So he said, a cow represents a continual means of provision. See, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, he said, it's a land flown with milk and honey, but there weren't rivers of milk, were they? They dipped in the thing, brought it home. He said, I'll give you a book, that'll be your first cow. And about that time, Creation House asked me to write Living in the Supernatural. So that I didn't write the book to make money, but that book became a cow. Understand it's out there and it brings extra milk into our ministry so that we can do some stuff. And God's been dropping awesome cows on the body. Because it's not the will of God that you can't do what he says because you don't have the money. I've said it again, that word. I could tell you awesome testimonies of people they don't know anything about business but they just got a cow from God there's nothing you think of with your head just let him drop it in your spirit this little lady in North Dakota didn't know anything about anything she'd only been saved two weeks she, she received what I said though just believe me she got a cow a year later when I went back she got four or five businesses lives in a very nice gated community drove a Mercedes supporting three full time missionaries just because she got a cow well she got a couple of cows soon the Lord said if you're faithful with the cow you can have a whole herd of cows doesn't matter to God see God doesn't care what you have as long as it doesn't have you I believe there's some cows for the church 
There's some cows, you've got some talent, you know. Sometimes things pass us by. I read that in a business magazine. Four or five opportunities pass by the average person every day. So you want to get a cow this morning? Okay, I'll pray. I'll release them. But you have to receive them. Well, listen to me. You have to do this. Because you can't catch a cow like this. I want you to relax your arms because you will feel like a weight. You will feel something in your arms. And like I said, keep your antenna up. Don't start thinking of everything. I prophesied so many cows over people and they're all prophesied. They're all, uh, they're all prospering, I mean. Really prospering. Ready? Got your arms nice and loose there? Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that all those cattle and cows are yours and I thank you, Lord, that you are dropping them on the body everywhere. So I just release them this morning. Just release them right now in Jesus' name. So thank you, Lord. Got it. Name it. Hug it. I can feel them. So can you feel that? Yeah, see, there's cows. there's cows for you personally and there's cows for the church. See, it's not the will of God that your job consumes your life. He wants to, he wants to consume your life. Whoa, I can feel that. Ah. It's like electric again. The electric angels that Bobby Connors talks about. Okay, got it? Okay. Well, let's do something else while you're standing up. I'm going to pray for your unsaved family members. But when I do, I want you by faith to see their names in his book and receive it. And when when you see that, it's over, right? It's done. You don't have to keep on and on praying and praying and praying. Why don't you just for a minute just speak out their names? Just speak out their names. Because it's a promise. It's a promise to you. Salvation is for you and your house. Father, we just thank you that that's a promise. We just receive those families. Salvation, we... We release the spirit of adoption this morning. We release the spirit of adoption into the family. And we thank you, Lord. And by faith, we see their names in your book. And as far as we're concerned, it is done. It's over. Got it? Okay. Okay, you may be seated for a minute then. Well, it's getting wavy. Now, 
if you weren't here last night, you might see change on the floor. That's because last night the angel of change came. He's actually still around. We danced through change, the people that were here last night, and that really is saying we receive that change or that opportunity that God's going to give you for change, understand? If you didn't do that last night and you're here this morning and you want to do that, just before you leave, make sure you come up here and jump around this change a little bit. Because everything's changing. Everything's going to change. The good news is, it's really easy. That's the problem. See, the change is God's delivering the mind and the mindsets and the religious mindsets. He's delivering people from those because they're weights and they keep you out of the glory. And he wants you to live in the glory. Me, say me. He wants you to live in the glory. So you've got to get ditch some of this stuff that's coming to your ears. For years and years, some of you guys. You don't have to qualify for anything. You don't have to qualify for your inheritance. The realm of the spirit, the supernatural realm, the angels, heavenly visitations, the chariots. They've been coming in all the meetings. That's for you. That's your inheritance. It's supposed to be normal. It's supposed to be normal. It's supposed to be normal. Stop looking at me with the North Carolina look. It's supposed to be normal. And everything you receive in the spirit realm is by faith. Don't say, don't say pray for me because I never prophesy. Because guess what? You won't prophesy. Because that's what you're believing. Understand? You do prophesy because you have a prophetic spirit in you. So you prophesy, right? Don't say, pray for me, I never have visions. You won't have visions if you, that's what you believe. But you do have visions because there's visions in your spirit all the time. Understand? Your spirit man has visions all the time. You just have to believe it. Because any one of you could go around the whole room and have a vision for everybody. Because there's visions in your spirit. But you see, rather than just believe it, we'd like to have ten rules to work at, you know, for three weeks and qualify ourselves in some way. It's not hard. That's the problem. So you're looking at me like, give me something to do. Give me a lesson to learn. A prayer to pray. I'm being mean. You just have to believe. You don't believe me, I can tell. <laughs> Somebody said to me at the end of a meeting, it can't be that easy. Somebody else said to me, I, I don't believe it can be that good. Now that's sad. It's sad, but see, that's what religion does to people. Because you are royal princess. You're royalty. 
when you go into that grocery store, that store's blessed because you're there. I told the manager of our publics that. I said, I'm sure you're right, madam. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. If you're there, that place is favoured. That's why you shouldn't shop in those places where you feel they're controlled by occult spirits. Don't shop there. But go where you feel there's fairness. Then they are blessed, aren't they? The restaurant that you go to, that restaurant's blessed if you eat there. Especially if you good, give good tips like you're supposed to. I give $100 tips because money talks. And they love you when you come back. <laughs> they give you the best seat and they sit down and let you pray for them. True. It's true. So you don't witness to them and give them a $2 tip, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Leave them $100 and the next week you can go back in there. If you can witness to everybody, they'll come and sit with you. <laughs> true. I've proved it. See, you've got to be a channel of everything. The anointing, the prophetic, your finances, everything. Signs talk. See, signs and wonders is God talking. Every sign you see is God saying something. It's not just to entertain you, you know. It's God saying something. In Florida, this Man, this lady ran backwards around the church. Well, that was kind of strange. She ran out of the church, ran backwards across the field. But the elders had a little sense. They had a little prayer meeting to ask God what he's saying. And you know what he said? You're not going any further in the move of the Spirit until you go back for the children. So just remember every sign you see is God talking to you. He's saying something not entertaining you can be entertaining <laughs> but you know he speaks to you through you the angels all around you there's so many angels here today angels the angels of change that's why if you weren't here last night come and jump around here a little bit I just feel like I know this will take a little while but I just feel my feet keep burning, keep getting on fire. And I think somehow or other, we're supposed to anoint people's feet this morning. I do, because, see, I can feel a nail in my foot right now, and that's this thing. But you've got to get unstuck from the nail so you don't do this anymore. And you've got to move on to, into the calling of God for your life, which is amazing, by the way. But you see, I said, you see, religious spirits can keep you very busy doing good things. You do good things and miss the God thing. And it's no good you doing your good things here if you're supposed to be in Kenya. Oh, whoa. Felt that. <laughs> I hope that's not for me. <laughs> It's for someone else. 
I was prophesying to somebody else. People write to me, you know, in these places. I say, is there a Hilton? <laughs> Holy Spirit loves the Hilton. <laughs> he does. Um, so I don't know how we can figure this out. Can you figure out something? But let me, uh, let me just mention a couple of things first. Um, now, if you're not willing to go... Don't do this, okay? Because when I do things, I'm really serious about doing it. You know, I know it's just a sign, but I think something gets released in the spirit when you receive the sign. Um, if you weren't here yesterday, I have some um, three CDs on the seer anointing, which is what I have. The, the Hebrides revival that I told you about. Um, I have some of these left. I don't know if you've ever seen this, the Scarlet and the Black. Have you ever seen that? You have this one. It's an awesome true story of a priest in the Vatican. He was like third under the Pope, I think, and in the, during the war he became a master of disguise and he smuggled thousands of Jews and patriots out of Rome right under the eyes of the Nazis. And they knew he was doing it, but they could never catch him because he had these disguises. He was amazing. And it has a surprise ending, which I can't tell you because now I gave you the movie. And I still have some CDs left on the spirit of abortion. If you've ever been in a church or ministry where there's a move of the spirit that got aborted, that hangs around that spirit, and so that'll tell you how to deal with it. And uh, there's some of David's books left, which are really awesome on the anointing how to receive the anointing, how to keep the anointing, how to live in the anointing, how to bring the anointing into a meeting, how to pass on the anointing to the next generation, and everything like that. So. That's what that is, and uh, oh, I can take up an offering. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Okay. I ju- yeah. I had this last night. I just want to pray one prayer. Um, how many of you family? Because I kept feeling something on my heart. Um, how many of you have family members that have been in Freemasonry? Okay. See, let me tell you that the spirit in the men, it goes after the heart. And the women, it manifests like infirmities. So I just want to pray for you and break the power of that, okay? Oh, it has spirit of death in it, very strong. It's the main thing. So I'm just going to pray. Those of you that have Freemasonry in your family, that's very... I mean, it stays in the family, it's really strong, tries to. I'm just going to pray. I want you just to relax. You don't have to do anything. I'm going to pray. You just let it go, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against those Freemasonry spirits because they hinder you in the spirit, really. In Jesus' name, I take authority over the spirit of death. In Jesus' name, and I break it off. The family, in Jesus' name, I come against the spirit of false light, that comes in Jesus' name and I break the power of it right now over the mind. I break false brotherhood, false yoke. I break the curse of secrecy. In Jesus' name, I break that curse. Secrecy brings a curse. In Jesus' name, I bind the power of that in Jesus' name. 
I come against false response, I come against works. I come against the spirit of works in Jesus' name. And we say, no, take a deep breath. No. Every death, spirit of death that's in this room today, I command it to leave right now in Jesus' name. I take authority of it and I command it to leave. Get off of you not staying in this room. Get off of the heart. Get off of the heart right now in Jesus' name. Leave. You have no authority. You are a liar and a thief. You have no authority. You are not staying. Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. I can feel that. Okay, one other thing I can feel in my throat. With ladies especially, not just ladies. You've been in a place where you had something from God, a word or something, and you had this kind of attitude. Oh, well, well, that's nice. Write it down. How many of you had that? That brings a dumb spirit on you. It doesn't mean you can't speak, but it means when you do speak, you don't have any authority. That's what it does. Now, that affects men, because men have been in places like that too. Just like, you know, well, okay, thank you. We write it down. We look at it. And it disregards the word of the Lord through the body. Understand? Okay, put your hand up. I, I take authority over that dumb spirit. Jesus' name, and I command it to leave right now. In Jesus' name, come out of the throat. Come out of the throat. Come out of the throat in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Leave. God's people have authority when they speak under the anointing, regardless of who they are. Whether they're five or fifty or a hundred and five. Jesus' name. I can feel that, man. Jesus' name. Leave. You're not staying. God's people are going to be speaking. God's people are going to be prophesying the word of the Lord and speaking with authority. Okay. One more thing I'm feeling in my hand right now. It's like a martyr spirit. Oh, you know, you've been around martyr people. Oh, everything's a hardship because we've been a martyr for Jesus. You know. You having the measles is not being a martyr for Jesus, okay? I break that martyr spirit. (laughs) Jesus' name! Break it off the mind right now. Jesus' name. Get off. Get off the mind. There aren't any martyrs in this room. Martyrs is talking about being being persecuted for the gospel. It's not a sickness. Not some kind of, you know, car wreck. I'm sorry, but that's not being a martyr. Jesus' name. Get off the mind. Poor thing. Poor me. I just need people to pray for me every Sunday. You know what? You can get up yourself, okay? Take some authority over some stuff for yourself. You have authority. You keep asking someone else to do it. I'm not talking about if you're just saved, but I mean, if you've been around a while, hey, you should know you are a bit by now. Okay. My feet are just burning and burning, so let's do this. Oh, uh, it's not an offering, it's an invitation to invest. 
in my ministry. If you want to make out a check, make it out to River Life. If you haven't got your checkbook, ask your neighbour, can I borrow your checkbook? If they haven't got their checkbook, say, can I borrow your credit card? And they'll say, sure, here you go. Thank you, Lord, your sheep hear your voice. I want to ask God, because I like Holy Ghost offerings, not, you know... You have to let things flow through you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, how are we going to do this, do you think? It doesn't... You can have three or four people that do it. I just feel like... Because so is my finger on fire. You should anoint people's shoes. Or just... See if you have... Have you got some oil? I do. We're going to anoint your feet. For those who, listen, whether you think about it or not, you are going to go. You are going somewhere. You know, you are. So you might as well just reconcile yourself to that because you are going. The good thing is that God puts his desires in your heart. So guess what? When you go, you'll love it because it's be in your heart. I really believe there's a commission in this morning. There's a commission in this happening in this feet, in this feet thing because my feet are burning up. The orders are going to get laid low. You got more than one oil thing. Another one. Anybody got any more oil? Anybody got oil? We need. Oh, here you go. More oil. No, you could just do the tops. Yeah. Just, just do. Don't um. Yeah, do, you don't have to stand here for ten minutes either. Just let them do it, and then. Got some more oil? Anybody else got oil? Anybody else got oil? You know what? You can. Can you play my swing low? Oh, smell that. Oh, smell that? Yeah, that's not there, it's here. Woo! Come on, get your feet done because you're going, folks. You are going. I look into my soul 